Amen. Well, good morning, Revive Church. It is so good to be with you today. It's been a while since I've had the opportunity to uh, to speak to you like this, but so grateful for Mon Technology. So grateful to be with you. Now, I cannot hear you amening me this morning. So instead, I'm going to have to go back this afternoon and see how many heart emojis and how many thumbs up I've got. And that's how I'll know whether I did a good job or not. Or maybe not, but you know what I mean. Uh, but it is wonderful to be with you. And uh, we're going to get straight into it this morning. And just uh, just as a way of introduction, I want to read to you uh, just this scripture from Acts 5, verses 19 and 20. Uh, this is a story of the apostles. They've been thrown into jail uh, for preaching the gospel, but they get busted out of jail by an angel, which is pretty cool in itself. Uh, but I want us to, to notice something that the angel tells them. It says, during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people all about this new life. And it's that little phrase there, new life, uh, that I just want to kind of uh, share with you a little bit uh, this morning. The angel was very specific. He didn't say go and talk about a life or the life. Talk about new life. The life that Jesus came to bring is new life. One thing that I love to do when I'm studying the, the Bible, and I encourage you to do this as well, is just to take a word, uh, a word, do a word study, which is when you take a word and then you study that word, either all the way through the Old Testament or the New Testament or even all the way through the Bible. And a little word study that I've been doing over the past couple of weeks is on that word new. I think I probably got fed up of hearing everyone on the news talk about the new normal. Ever, anyone else hate that phrase? But I, I've been hearing it so many times. Uh, and I just decided to take that word new and to, to look at every time that word new is mentioned in the New Testament. And I was so blessed and I was so encouraged by it. And I want to share a little bit uh, of that with you, not only this morning, but over the next couple of Sundays as well, because uh, I kind of got thinking that the new for the Christian should be normal, that the life that Jesus came to bring was new life and Jesus wants us to live in the newness of that life. And so uh, we're going to look at uh, two scriptures in particular this morning. And, uh, and the first one is this. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And this is a well-known and a well-loved scripture. The Apostle Paul says these words, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. What a powerful promise for me and you that belong to Jesus this morning. Anyone that is in Christ, anyone that belongs to Jesus is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Now, this is really interesting and really powerful. When you study the word new in the, in the original language, in the Greek, there are two Greek words for new that are both translated new in our English Bibles. There's a Greek word neos and there's a Greek word kainos. Now neos, it means new in time. In other words, something could have existed for millennia, but suddenly is, is made new, it's made manifest in the present, in the here and now. That's neos. But the word 
kainos is something that is brand new, something that has never existed before. It's a creative word. Let me give you a, an example to, to help us understand. Uh, we moved to Hull, uh, to East Yorkshire, uh, from South Yorkshire about three years ago. And we moved into a, a, a new house for us um, in uh, just, uh, just opposite East Park in East Hull. Uh, and it, for us, it, it, was a, it was a new house. Now, actually, that house itself wasn't new. It was an old terraced house. It was probably, I don't know, 50, 60 years old. And I guess that there'd been many other families that had lived in that house. But it was our Neos house. It was an older house that had existed, but for us, it was new. We could go around and we could say, we moved into our new house in Hull. For us, for my family, it was new. But we moved house again just two weeks ago. But this was a Kynos house. This was a brand new build. We, we could watch as the builders put it up. This was something no one had ever moved into that house before. It was not only new for us, but it was brand new. Do you get the difference there between Neos and Kynos? Well, when the Bible tells us here that those are in Christ are a new creation, that the old has gone and the new has come. When it's speaking about the new life that we have in Jesus, it's using that word, kainos. It's this creative word. In other words, when God says, I'm giving you a new life, he's not saying, I'm improving your old life. He's not saying, I I'm giving you your old life, but just making it a little bit better. He's saying, I am creating something brand new in you by the Holy Spirit. I'm bringing something, creating something out of you, which is just like Jesus. Isn't that so exciting? So here's the picture. Here's the gospel that I come to Jesus a sinner. I come to Jesus broken and bruised and messed up. I come to Jesus as damaged goods. And this is what Jesus doesn't do. Jesus doesn't just bandage me up. He doesn't just put a sticking plaster on me. Jesus isn't just my crutch as some people think he is. Jesus doesn't put makeup on me to cover up all the spots and the blemishes. But actually God creates something that is brand new. I have a brand new identity exchange. My old life dies. My old life is buried. And God does something brand new. I am born again, born anew by the Holy Spirit. So the old me, the old you, the sinful you, the broken you, the full of shame you, the unholy you, the unworthy you, that person died and was buried and you have been created anew by the Holy Spirit, looking just like Jesus. You have got a brand new life. You are no longer defined by your past. You are no longer defined by your circumstances. You are no longer defined by what you've done or by what you've gone through. But now you have a brand new identity. 
the new life that we have in Christ, it's a righteous life. It's eternal life. It's an abundant life. It's a blessed life. It's a spiritual life. It's a powerful life. It's a supernatural life. It's an overcoming life. It's a victorious life. It's a resurrected life. Isn't God so good? Let me read you that, that verse again, but this time out of the Passion Translation. Now, uh, this is what the Passion says. Uh, now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new person. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. Let me read you that again. Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new person. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. And that, let me just read you the little footnote here because this is really powerful. It says here in the footnotes, this would include our old identity, our life of sin, the power of Satan, the religious works of trying to please God, our old relationship with the world and our old mindsets. We are not reformed or simply refurbished. We are made completely new by our union with Christ and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Wow, I know that if I was preaching to you in person, you'd all be saying amen right now. Isn't God such a good God? Now, I want to read our second scripture this morning because you might be reading this, uh, listening to this this morning and you might be thinking, well, Andrew, this sounds great. This sounds, uh, this sounds wonderful. I agree with you that, that, that theologically and doctrinally we have this new life in Christ. But actually, when I look at my life, my reality, I'm not living in the newness of this life. Well, let me read to you this from Colossians 3. Paul says, don't lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and you are put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator do you get that you have to put off the old self and you have to put on the new self there is an exchange that takes place remember those two words that we spoke about neos which is new in time, and then kainos, which is brand new, creative. When it's speaking in Corinthians about God giving us, making us new creations, it's that word kainos. God has, has created a brand new life for us to enjoy. But here in Colossians, when it talks about putting on a new life, it's the word neos, new in time. So how does that work? Let me, uh, let me give you uh, the picture. Imagine my wife, Laura, is out shopping this afternoon. And in fact, I'm going to release this as a prophetic word over Laura this afternoon. She's out shopping this afternoon and she decides, you know what? I'm going to buy a wonderful Christmas present for my beloved husband, Andrew. And so she goes into a shop and maybe she sees a, a jumper will not be too extravagant. Uh, she sees a jumper there and she says, that will make a perfect Christmas present for Andrew. So she buys it. It's brand new. 
but that she, she pays for it, but then she puts it in a box and hides it under the bed or in a cupboard somewhere. And in December, she takes it down, she wraps it, she puts it under the tree. And what are, what are we, five months away, something like that? Christmas morning, I come, I unwrap it, I put it on, I leave the house and, and I can tell everyone it's my new jumper. Now, now the truth is that, that it was new here in July. That's when she bought it. That's when she paid for it. But it was new to me when I put it on. The new life that Jesus came to give us, he purchased that for us 2,000 years ago on the cross. But today, July 2020, every one of us has to put on that new life to live it, to experience it. But in order to do that, we have to put off the old. So here's, here's a challenge this morning as we kind of draw this to a close. What are the old habits? What are the old sins? What are the old attitudes? The things that I did, the things that I watched or listened to, the way that I spoke, maybe even some relationships, some mindsets, some patterns of living that are all of the old. And God is challenging me right now to throw those off so that I can embrace the new. I believe prophetically I want to speak of a, of a revived church right now. We are entering into not just a new season, but a new era. What are some of the garments that we've been wearing that we need to throw off? What are some of the old ways of doing church, the old patterns that God is calling us to cast off this morning so that we can enter this new era of glory, this new era of power? For me and you as individuals this morning, if we want to move into the newness of everything that God has for us, what are some of the old things that we need to take off? Those old mindsets and habits and ways of living and thinking that I've got to throw off this morning in order to put on this new life of power and glory and freedom that God wants me to live in. I want to pray for us right now. And, and just as, as I draw this to a close, I, I want to I take us into the Gospels. And, and there's a story in Mark's gospel about a blind man called Bartimaeus. And the Bible says that he sat by the side of the road begging and he hears that Jesus is right there where he is. And you know the story and we don't have time to go into it this morning. And he begins to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the Bible says that Jesus stopped and he called Bartimaeus to himself and he touched his eyes and healed him. And Bartimaeus follows Jesus off down the road, never the same again. But there's a, there's a truth in that story that we can sometimes skip over. It says that Bartimaeus threw his cloak to one side and made his way to Jesus. And we can, we can bypass that, but actually if you study it, the cloak would have been the thing that he wore to identify him as a blind beggar, just like blind people today might have a guide dog or a white cane. He wore this cloak as his identity. And there was something in this man in the presence of Jesus. He said, you know what? I refuse to wear this old cloak. I refuse for this to be my identity. I refuse to be defined by this cloak one second more. 
I'm throwing this to one side because I'm getting to Jesus and receiving his new, my new life in him. I wonder for us this morning, what cloaks have we been wearing? Cloaks of shame, cloaks of insecurity, cloaks of the past. I wonder maybe even us as a church, what, what cloaks have we been wearing which may have fitted us for a previous season? But God's saying, come on, I want to give you a brand new wardrobe, Revive Church. I want to clothe you in new glory, new power. Friends, we need real grace and wisdom in this season to throw off the old, to embrace the new.